Welcome to Big Time Adulting, the podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Murray, and I'm here to take it deep with you on adulthood, womanhood, motherhood, and whatever other things end in hood that we can think of. It's going to be real, it's going to be honest, and we are going to laugh until a little pee comes out. If you've been looking to find a podcast to relate to as a woman and a mom, and you're kind of awesome, which you definitely are, subscribe now. Hi friends, what up you ho-ho-hos? Today's episode is a result of a little podcast topic contest I did on Instagram where I promised a handwritten note with a Sesame Street stamp on it to the winner. Um, A very coveted prize because a lot of people wrote in and a lot of people had great ideas. And one of the ideas that was runner up for me was about making friends as a mom and as an adult and navigating mom clicks so I am going to record an episode on that one soon, but that wasn't the winner. The first place winner of the contest was somebody who asked to talk about, drumroll please, balancing holiday expectations versus reality. A lot of people actually wanted to do a holiday episode, holiday-based episode. So here it is. Obviously, balancing holiday expectations versus reality would take balance, which is like, okay, probably going to have to roll that up into a ball and throw it right out the fucking window because I don't know about you, but I'm pretty incapable of balance at this point in my life. Like, even my whole approach to balance is kind of extreme, which is like I live my life 80% of the time healthy and 20% of the time unhealthy. So say like five days of the week, I keep it all in between the lines, but like one or two days out of the week, I'm going to end up probably getting a little tipsy and eating like I'm at an all day buffet. Like, sorry, not sorry. I'm just being dead dog honest here with everyone. But you know, if I were just a moderate type of human in general, maybe I wouldn't take all my hard work in terms of eating healthy and exercising and light it all on fucking fire 20% of the time. But then again, maybe I'd be an entirely different person if I lived my life more moderately. And I'd be, you know, maybe living a completely different life. And I kind of like my life. So who's to say what's really best? And interestingly, I found myself lately actually really trying to accept that, at least for now in this wacky season of life, to just embrace the idea of this being a time of imbalance and doing what works for me just to kind of make it through the day and being okay with the fact that I'm probably not going to be feeling all that zen on a day-to-day basis. And I'm not saying that I'm like advocating for, uh, you know, or being a proponent of being imbalanced in any way or trying to discourage anyone who is seeking more balance from finding it, because I think in theory, that is really beautiful. But I think when it comes down to it, in reality, balance should be about how you actually feel and less about how you think you should feel. Or I think there's just so much information out there these days that clouds us in, in ways that we feel we should be doing more of something or less of something or whatever it is, whatever, wherever we are, isn't good enough. And I think that balance can sometimes have just as much to do with acceptance of how we are just as we are, just right now, without changing a thing. And as long as you're healthy and happy with the overall direction of life, maybe you are, in fact, already balanced. And 
think this is where the question that we're talking about with the holidays comes sort of full circle. A lot of what we put on our plates as moms, and especially in times where things are ramped up, like around birthdays or holidays, is in order to make somebody else happy. And that might be our kids or our families. And for me, that's when I personally start to feel kind of more out of balance, right? Because life is so exhausting right now as it is. So anytime we're adding extra, like a holiday season onto things, it can really feel like a tidal wave of overwhelming shit to get done. So as it pertains to the holidays and how to handle that, I'm not really sure I'm your girl because if you were following me on Instagram, you might remember the hideous troll-like sty that I developed in my right eye following what felt like a very stressful Thanksgiving week for me because I had overdone it on several in several capacities. I mean, I looked like I was woogie from There's Something About Mary. That, by the way, was a great flick. Poor Ted, though. We've got a bleeder. Um, Back to the topic. It's hard to find balance, right? Even without the presence of social media and the internet and all of the advertising and things kids have access to seeing these days, the holidays have always been hard on people. And not to turn this podcast into like a movie quote-a-thon now, but there is a line from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, one of my all-time favorites, when the daughter, Audrey, is complaining to her mom about how having their extended family staying with them for the holidays is fully ruining her teenage life. And the mom, Ellen Griswold, goes, well, I don't know what to say, except it's Christmas and we're all in misery. And then she lights a cigarette and chops a full head of cabbage in half with one swoop with a giant fucking knife. And that movie, by the way, came out in 1989. So people have been stressing over the holidays since I was at least seven years old, but I'm guessing it probably began well before that. I was actually just thinking about this the other day, I was thinking about my parents and what they were doing always to prepare for the holidays. And my parents always made a big deal about holidays and they would take, you know, a couple of nights out of December, whenever it was, it's hard to remember now, but they were, they would be gone for hours doing their Christmas shopping. And most of the world was doing this forever before online shopping ever began and people would spend hours and hours in the malls and real real stores and I can't actually even imagine having to do that in many ways right now but maybe there is also something to be said for that like you go to a store with your list and you buy the things that are on your list and you see the physical items laid out in front of you and you make a decision about what you're buying and then it's done. And you don't have the opportunity just to have access to online shopping. And sometimes I think now to this, you know, full on never ending access, we never say when we're done. And it's like, we're just are never done. You can just keep going up until the bitter end. It's like, oh, maybe I need one more stocking stuffer for little Susie. And I'll just go on my phone and click buy now on Amazon. And I think that's a big part of the problem today too uh, in in the ways of modern day motherhood and life because it's opened us all up to excess in every sense like for instance and this is just one little example but can we talk for just a second about the word tablescape like you know a pretty arrangement that you put on your table when you're entertaining like 
when did that even become a fucking word? That word should not be touching the mainstream population. It should be reserved strictly for use by fabulous gay men in Palm Springs, California. And yet now here I am a full on offender of making a tablescape. And, you know, I love looking at a pretty table just as much as the next basic bitch, but words like that give me agita because it's a made up word. And I know what the goal is when I hear a new word like that. And it's to sell us on more shit we need to do. And maybe if I never saw a tablescape on Saley, Laley, and Taylor's fucking Instagram page, then I would have thrown up a couple of candlesticks and called it a day and never thought twice about it. But now I can't go back to that. I've seen it. And it's one more thing on my to-do list, you know? And by the way, don't forget to send out those holiday cards to 200 of your closest friends during the most stressful time of year also. Like, One of my good friends called me right before this and she was really stressed about not having done her holiday cards yet. And I was like, honestly, fuck it. Don't do it. Like, I actually don't send out a Christmas card. We send out a St. Patrick's Day card because why not? Nobody else does. Um, So it's like surprise in March. And I'm also not fully invested in my role as Santa Claus in March. So it's better for my schedule. But I started doing it like that. By the way, I dare you out there to start sending like happy veterans day cards. Like that would be pretty amazing. Anyway, I started doing it like that because I realized one year, I think it was the first year that we had a kid and I started getting all this influx of Christmas cards, beautiful Christmas cards in the mail from other families and realized that we hadn't done it yet. And by the way, that's when people start sending you holiday cards. It's like an indoctrination. Like you need to have moved to a permanent address and wed someone. And it helps a lot if you've had a child and now you're good enough to make our holiday card list. And that's the only way. And you know, who's not getting a Christmas card, right? It's like that random cousin who just came back from a month in Thailand and who will be at Christmas wearing like a beaded bracelet, looking young and refreshed with an island glow. Like that kind of happiness will not make the cut for a holiday card. I'll tell you that right now. You need to be tied down. You need to have a car with enough trunk space to accommodate a cooler and a pack and play or you get nothing. Okay. That's the way the team of the holiday card list works. You're on it or you're not. And if you're happy and untethered, you're not on it. Or it's like elf on the shelf. Oh, honestly, don't even get me started on that toxic little asshole. I think people know how I feel about him from my rants on Instagram, but that is one thing I've refused to buy into, I will say. I know that some people really love it and they get a kick out of it and have a lot of fun with it, but it's also just another thing we're being sold on doing and that's being fed to us on social media and other people's cute little fucking elf scenes in the mornings where you feel like, shit, I didn't do that. My kids just asked me yesterday why we don't do it. And it's like, I really don't want to. Um, and maybe it's harmless, but... And maybe tablescapes are harmless. I don't think that they are. I think they're very dangerous. But the list goes on and on with the shit we think we need to do in order to have the perfect, most magical Christmas. And honestly, it's amazing that more of us don't end up getting arrested for like losing our shit over not being able to find matching sets of holiday napkins in the hearth and home section of Target. 
seriously, I want you to give yourself a pat on the back right this second if you're not in jail listening to this podcast after having snapped under the holiday pressure. And and on a serious note, beyond the consumerism and the craziness of feeling we need to buy all the things and do all the things, there's also this very real added stress for a lot of people that comes along with family gatherings and family dynamics with extended family and in-laws. For me personally, I really and truly enjoy hanging out with my family and my husband's family, which I realize is a blessing. Uh, Not that I don't sometimes go crazy about some stuff like my mother-in-law keeps offering to buy us a dust buster when I've told her numerous times I don't want one. Or like when my mom comes to visit and uses every bowl that we own in our kitchen every day that she's here. Like the woman loves bowls more than life itself. And she loves transferring things from big bowls to little bowls. Like say pretend just there's, you know, a bowl of nuts on the table that people have been munching on and half of the nuts get eaten. She'll put the remaining nuts into a smaller bowl to accommodate the amount of nuts that are now in the bowl. And I'm like, stop it. I don't want to wash any more bowls. And she'll just look at me and be like, oh, wash the bowls. Don't get in my way of using all the bowls. Um, Sometimes I think about being able to buy my mom a store called Bowls, where she could pick out all kinds of bowls to sell for people for different reasons. You know, anyway, sorry, these are pipe dreams. I'm going to stop. But Desk busters and bowls aren't real problems per se, but between my husband and I, we also have a host of different family dynamics because neither of our parents are together anymore and there are new partners involved. And while they all actually gel, I'd say really well together, it can be a lot in terms of worrying if everyone's feeling included, worrying that you're dividing your time evenly amongst people and people's feelings. And I know other people have way more complicated dynamics with family members and strains on some relationships that make the holidays even more difficult. And the only thing I think I would do in those situations, if you're, you know, beyond being able to have like a come to Jesus moment with someone where you can at the very least agree to disagree with them, then I'd probably use my kids as an excuse and just leave early. Like, honestly, I'm not even really joking about using the kids as an excuse thing. They're an excellent out. Like, oh, sorry, Lukey ate too much chocolate. He just shit his pants again. We better go before this gets ugly. Um, But if it were me in those situations, I would probably have tried to or try to have an open and vulnerable conversation because that's the way I operate. I'm very direct most of the time. Unless I thought it wouldn't actually change anything and then it wouldn't be worth it. And then I think I pretty much have to ask myself, what about that person is triggering me? Um, And how can I change something within myself to not feel so triggered by them? And I think it can be empowering to bring it back to you and give yourself some control in the situation and what you can do to react. Because at the end of the day, you're the only person you have any control over in life. Right. And yeah, I think, you know, as a parent and as an adult, the holidays 
they just shift and they, they take on a whole new shape and not to sound like completely juvenile or, you know, selfish, but I think a lot of what is tough about the holidays as you get older is the, the discourse between what you thought the holidays were as a kid and the way you experienced the holidays at one time in your life versus the reality of what the holidays are as a parent. And there are parts that I still love about the holidays and things I get really excited about, but for the most part, it's for my kids and it's exhausting, but I also want to create this experience for them and I want them to have traditions that they adore and I want them to have a, a lovely Christmas because I love them. And I also, in reality, I don't see things changing for myself on like a mainstream scale for me at any point. Like I know realistically, I'm not the kind of person who's going to scale it way, way down and take my family to like a remote cabin and make homemade peppermint sticks and whittle a wooden toy for everyone and call it a day. You know, that's never going to fucking happen. So part of me is also just working on, like I was talking about before, accepting the madness and trying to find and extract the joy from the things I love most about it. And I made a little list. So those things that I love most about the holiday season are number one, like an intimate holiday celebration with friends, like a dinner out with a few couples or just a few girlfriends and maybe doing a little holiday exchange with them where you relax and enjoy a great meal and feel the holiday spirit just for yourself and not for anyone else, not for your kids, not for your husband, not for your family, just for you. Something you, a, a day out, a night out that you really enjoy. The second thing I like to do is to have a drink. That's not a period, a drink or a cup of tea in front of my Christmas tree before bed as many nights as possible while the tree is still up. And I just... I will watch that sparkling, beautiful bitch until she is shriveled with all of her needles falling into my heat vents because I love the Christmas tree so much. So the Christmas tree brings me joy and I like to stare at it. So that's one thing I, I try to make time to do. The third thing is I set boundaries and I make exit strategies for the parties or events that I find stressful. So, or, or I just straight up say no if possible, or if I don't, if I really don't think I have it in me to attend something. Um, I'm a very extroverted introvert. So social gatherings are really fun for me and I look forward to them and I enjoy them, but they also drain the hell out of me. So I need to be able to leave when I want to leave and I need to have like no plans for a little while after just to recharge. And I'm starting to kind of honor those boundaries with myself more and not putting too much pressure on myself um, in those situations. And then the fourth thing is not to get sucked up, sucked in too much with the consumerism. Like we have tried to do, um, we try to do one special item for each kid and then like cheap knickknacks, things that are fun or more practical gifts like clothing, hats, gloves, things that they actually need for winter to sort of fill in the gaps but we've never been very extravagant over the top gift givers. And another thing that we do, which is a tradition that began when I was little, all of my Santa gifts were presented unwrapped and they were arranged on like a chair or the couch in kind of a fun little display. And that's what we do for our kids. And I fucking love that I don't wrap presents. I think if I had to spend extra time wrapping all those presents, I might hurt myself with the scissors. Um, 
we don't even give gifts from mom and dad. It's just Santa. So if you have really little kids and you aren't already married to a certain wrapping tradition, I highly recommend this strategy. And my final um, thing that I do is try to outsource wherever possible. I'm trying to do a lot more of that. Like, or if you are a present wrapper, say hire a middle schooler to wrap it for you. They're going to look like shit, but you know, you'll give them a cookie and send them on their way and they'll feel good about themselves or order the pie. Um, don't make the pie, spend the time you would have made taken to make the pie doing something you want to do. Like get yourself a manicure, get something red with sparkles, seasonal. Or make the pie. If you like to make a pie, make the pie. Whatever blows your hair back. But do it. Do things that you like to do more. And cut corners more where you want to. And, you know, honestly, that's all I really have for you. I'll probably personally be doing my best not to still be shopping on Christmas Eve, which happens to me more often than not because I'm not very organized, as it turns out. But I'm also just trying to accept that all as part of the holiday chaos and not come down too hard on myself for not having it all together and for forgetting things here and there because at the end of the day your kids just want to wake up in a loving household on Christmas morning and there are plenty of ways to create magic for them that don't involve grand gestures like one of the things this year I did for stocking stuffers I got my kids these like chocolate spoons that they can use to make hot chocolate with and I think that's honestly going to be I got them at home goods for zero dollars three dollars whatever and I think that's going to be one of their favorite parts of Christmas this year and we think it's all these like big things but it's the love and the music and a few strands of lights, honestly, and the memories are made. So with that, take it easy, Merry Christmas, and keep the change, you filthy animals. The last thing, if you want to give me a little present for Christmas this year, please rate this podcast and or give it a little review for me. Um, only good reviews and only five-star ratings. Also, otherwise, go fuck yourself. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're looking for any of the resources from the episode, you can check them out in show notes. Again, if you liked listening, I'd love it for you to subscribe. Until next time, peace out.